listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are so excited to have the uh, the owner of Jesse Brown's, Bill Barty. Um, if you have not met Bill Barty, he is a fantastic guy, and he is also the co-host of Carolina's Outdoor Show. So we hope that he does not, you know, show us up here um, on on air. So you know, we'll we'll see how that go- goes. But uh, our next, you know, guest, obviously, he is the owner of Jesse Brown's. He's one of Charlotte's favorite outdoor outfitters, um, for outfitter shop, excuse me. And he's the home base of, of a very, very popular Storytellers Night. And if you guys haven't heard about Storytellers Night, he's going to tell us a little bit about that. It's a really, really cool thing that he does at his store. Um, he's also done the Fly Fishing Film Tour, and he's also done the Young Guns Fly Fishing Social. Uh, and, and welcome to the podcast here, Bill. Man, it is great to be here, Brian. Thank you for having me. You too over there, Scott. I see you. Hey, thank you, Bill. Appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today, buddy. No, it's my, it's my pleasure, especially to be on here um, with brand builders, talking about brand building and all the other cool things that we're going to talk about. Well, you're a living legend here in Charlotte, Bill, so we're, we're honored to have you. And, and we've known you for a long time as a friend, as a client, but not everyone may know your backstory, bud. So tell us, who, who the heck is Jesse Browns anyway? Whoa. we got to go into the far recesses of the late 1960s, at least as far as Jesse Browns goes, the brand, so to speak. Um, he was a pilot, a corporate pilot. Um, who uh, lived in the Greenville, South Carolina area. And he was flying corporate executives and that sort of thing to their meetings, and one of which that ended up being a pretty constant uh, flight was to Manhattan. And Jesse liked to backpack and mountaineer and boat and all these outdoor things, and there was nothing like that down south. But he found a little shop in Manhattan of all places, and they were in there stitching backpacks and making sleeping bags. And Jesse just kind of set up shop. He, he landed his plane, just went straight over there and hung out till he needed to fly the clients back to Greenville. So through that... He decided that as a part-time job, these are my air quotes that I'm doing here on Brand Builders. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was going to open a backpacking and mountaineering shop in the South. A little-known fact that the very first one was open in Greer, South Carolina, a small town right outside of, of Greenville. But when Jesse opened this, the, um, and in the 70s, of course, uh, the outdoor community really uh, erupted and be- was becoming big. People were out hiking. They were paddling. They were climbing. That's when the birthplace of big brands like the North Face out in California came about. Uh, Patagonia. I mean, household names now, at least in the outdoor realm, they were all starting out. But in the South, none of that was in existence. And that's where Jesse Brown's started, Greer, South Carolina. People came from all over. They came from Charlotte. They came from Columbia. They came from Greenville. They came from everywhere because if you didn't have it in your community and they didn't have that in their community, you either had to have a catalog relationship. Does it sound familiar with what's going on in the marketplace today? You had a catalog relationship or you had to drive and you would drive to Greer, South Carolina. So some of the Charlotte uh, area clients said, Jesse, I mean, this is killing us. We're driving two hours to come shop at Jesse Brown's. You've got to move somewhere closer, like Charlotte. And hence, 
Jesse Brown's Outdoors. Actually, back then, uh, uh, your listeners will appreciate this here in Charlotte, but um, it was originally called Jesse Brown's Backpacking and Mountaineering. And my ears to this day will perk up when somebody's in the store, you know, on their cell phone or whatever. And, and they'll, oh, honey, yeah, I'm out for a little bit. Where are you? Oh, I'm over at Jesse Brown's Backpacking and Mountaineering. And I'll go, that's old. that's old school right there. <laughs> they go all the way back to May 1st, 1970, when they kicked that out there. Wow. Well, did you purchase the name, or how, how did that start for you? All right. Bill? So, yeah, to, to go to the Bill Barty story, and, and thank you for uh, those compliments about being a living legend. Wow, I finally made it. <laughs> but do you know how that happened? I have no clue, buddy. <laughs> Fill us in. Being in one place for a long time <laughs> south park <laughs> being in one place for a long time is how that happens uh, so anyway i'm the fourth in the lineup essentially of ownership um <laughs> and here comes the long time in one place jesse brown's was a summer job for me 1989 so when uh, people come into jesse brown's young people we have some teenagers who who um, are starting there, I always say, listen, you have to know this. I started the same way you are at Jesse Brown's. So the summer of 1989. But uh, that's not really your question. Jesse Brown started Jesse Brown's, and his wife essentially ran it. Remember, he had the job of being a corporate pilot. So it was his part-time job. His wife, Elizabeth, ran the store, essentially. Um, Jesse has passed away, but he may not like me saying it like that, but um, that's the way it went. So Jesse was there for about 10 years. He had a, a, a life change, so to speak. Uh, he and Elizabeth split up, and of course he had his other job. So he said, you take this, this store, and it was not the way it is now. We can talk a little bit about the activities at Jesse Brown's, but back then it was really an activity-based store. I'm going backpacking sell me a backpack. I'm going camping, sell me a tent. Now we're in the active outdoor lifestyle componentry of it and identity and that sort of thing. But back then, when Jesse left, he said, Elizabeth, you run that. And so he had it. So now we're into the early 80s. She took over. They had hired a gentleman named Joe Hedrick. So just to catch us all up, Jesse and Elizabeth had it. They hired a guy named Joe. Jesse left, Elizabeth owned it, and Joe worked with her. Well, Joe ended up buying it from Elizabeth. So in the mid-'80s, a gentleman named Joe Hedrick owned Jesse Brown's, and that's the guy who hired me for that summer job in 1989. We shopped there as a family. My dad, my brothers, we were in Boy Scouts, very active that way. In fact, I grew up on a farm down in Clover, South Carolina. It's 25 miles southwest of downtown Charlotte. I'm right over, Lake Wiley is a, mm -hmm. it's right beyond Lake Wiley. The town with love in the middle of it. Anyway, so that's where we came up, 49 South Tryon. I got all kinds of good stories to tell you about that. <laughs> but um, I got to stay on, uh, I got to <laughs> stay disciplined on this. Um, at Yancey in South Tryon was where the Jesse Browns was at that time. So, we shop there as a family for all of these scouting activities. Nice clothes. You know, when you're feeding the cows in January on the farm, 
you want a warm jacket. And the North Face had some warm jackets. And Jesse Brown sold the North Face. The very first North Face dealer in North Carolina was Jesse Brown's. So anyway, that's and I still have some of those jackets. You get your rubber boots from there so you wouldn't get all slushy in the mud. So we had a kinship as a family, the Barty family. I was a kid, but when Jesse Brown's hit some tough times, um, I was working there, and they needed some help monetarily. Joe did and, and, and such, and that was my kind of jump in to the business, which I took over in 1994. Wow. That's, that's a long history. That's where you get living so, legend. You just yeah, well, got to stay alive that, that in one is. place. You're, you're still there. <laughs> 94. So, so during that's, that time. That's pre-Twitter, right? <laughs> you know what? I, I'll tell you my first, my very first job was folding pants and folding shirts and all of that sort of thing. It's a summer job. But when I got out of college, it was in the early 90s, and, and the economy was different then, and which probably hints some of the struggles that were going on. And so here come my air quotes again. I was a college boy, <clears throat> a college boy. <laughs> and um, I was charged by my dad and by Joe Hedrick to do a feasibility study on if Jesse Browns could go to a higher rent location, a.k.a. the South Park area, into a second floor location or an upstairs uh, location and still survive it was kind of an all or nothing hey do we stay down here now south end reaches down there now uh omb there uh, old mecklenburg brewery on gancy we're talking about just 200 yards beyond there is where the old location was um so 30 years later it's all you know changing but back then it was either this business is not viable in this location or Let's go all in and move it over to South Park, where our clients and customers already kind of live closer in that area and make a run at it. And so they were remodeling the Sharon Corners Shopping Center, which is right there across from the South Park Mall. The South Park Mall was a little bit more, uh, 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 mm, I hate to say a community mall, cause it was, but it was a big deal back then still. I mean, now it's a mega regional mall, the biggest shopping district between Washington, D.C. and Atlanta. Back then, um, it was still a big deal, maybe not as big as now. So we moved it over there, and hey, that was 1993, and the rest is history. That is awesome. And so, Bill, um, one thing I want to say, you know, I I grew up, I'm I'm an Eagle Scout, and it it seems like the retail world has completely changed. You know, when I grew up, uh, we had the REI. It was like the greatest thing in the world. You could go there, you could even rock climb you know um the reality is though is a lot of people are buying stuff through amazon prime buying online um you know i've had the experience of going in and and meeting you and and you give a lot of college guys you know the opportunity to come in and work and it's awesome like the experience is fantastic but tell us do you think that that retail experience is going to go away or do you think that you guys bring more value to the table and really what 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 experience or what changes or or makes you better than an online experience man okay this is the fun stuff this is the meat and potatoes of uh of the conversation and not just jesse brown's but the marketplace in general um and you used a keyword that um that i honed in on experience 
And that's what we're trying to to um, recognize and to create. Now, the hard part is there is a different experience expectation for every individual customer and client and friend that comes into any store or any restaurant or any location like that. But at Jesse Brown's, we try to own that. And there's a, a restaurateur, he, he just on 60 Minutes, but he really, his name's Danny Meyer. He's got Shake Shack, all of that sort of thing. And he said it really well that everyone, everyone in the world is wearing an invisible sign. And it says, make me feel important. Now, our job is to read the font. Now, some of these are his words, but to read that font and to speak to the experience that that individual or family or group wants. Now, some people, the font's really small. Others, it's really big. But we have to be, uh, to have to have an intuition to, and an empathy, and some of those are his words too, but I, it resonates with me to pick up on whatever the people's signs in this world are, to read it, and to speak to it. And that is kind of seeking magic. And seeking magic is hard to do. And now, and now people may be listening to brand builders right now and rolling their eyes and going, man, Man, I just want a raincoat. I'm going <laughs> to the football game and want a raincoat. I don't what – what is he talking about? But that's not our place. Our place is to say that person who's rolling their eyes listening to brand builders right now is important. And by golly, we're, we're trying to get it and, and, and make that experience of being in Jesse Brown's magical in some form or sense. I, that is that's awesome, and and I think what you just said is fantastic. Um, you know, it, tell us a little bit. I think you do a really good job, and I think with us creating the brand builders, our whole goal is to be able to bring on entrepreneurs, to bring on leaders of this community, um, to not only share how much you love Charlotte, but really share your story. And you guys do a really good job at Jesse Brown's, not of just selling retail and selling a North Face. And yeah, you can get that, but you guys do cool stuff. You bring in uh, people, and you do a storytellers night. Tell me about Storytellers Night. Oh, that is so much fun and one of the my most favorite things. And it's kind of a the next step of, of what we were just talking about, seeking the magic. We found, and it goes way back from the beginning when Jesse Brown started it, but we found that we had the coolest people coming in Jesse Brown's, and they were doing the coolest things. And just just like we're you know talking here, we were having these these real organic conversations about their their lives, their adventures, those sorts of things. And it was one of those things you always wanted to do to say, "I wish somebody was here to hear this." Man, that is awesome! What you just what you just told and it's a wide range of adventures and we decided to try to harness that and and uh the folks at uh, well-run media uh, you know dc lucchese and uh and those folks over there said they got me in a corner and said hey why why do you want to do this 
what's the end game? You know, we need to have an ROI return on the and all that sort of thing. And I was like, this just because it's fun. It's fun to hear people tell their stories. And we did. Now, some stories can get really long, right? <laughs> Do I... Do I resemble that remark? We love your stories, man. We I can sit here and talk to you all day. I may resemble that remark. This is a three-hour podcast, by the way. <laughs> Some stories can get too long, right? So we did put a ceiling on it. We said 20 minutes. We'll give you 20 minutes. Well, actually, we didn't say. We kind of asked. We really put our hat in the hand and said, because it was a surprise to people. They would innocently say, oh, my gosh, you would not believe what blah, 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 blah. And they, they'd go into it. It may be six months later, and we'd say, hey, Hey, Dick, you told a story in here six months ago, and we were wondering if you would be willing to come in and tell it again. And thus far, everyone has said yes. Now, sometimes they have to think about it because, well, I'll tell you about one of the reasons I like Storytellers Night at Jesse Brown so much is because the storytellers give their heart and their soul, and that's special. When someone, it's not just a BS story, oh, yeah, I can make that up. Like, and it's not like the library story where you're reading the book. It is lay people, friends, your neighbors, your people you're in the grocery store with and stuff who stand up and give you their heart. And we've had people cry, not just the storytellers, but people in the audience and we've had people laugh, just belly laughing, like snot running out of your nose, kind of <laughs> laughing. And and when it's honest like that and genuine like that, it's where that magic is discovered. So that's how it started. Long, that's a long way or, or, to get to your, your uh, answering your question, but that's how it started. And that's why it's um, it's one of my favorite nights that we have at Jesse Brown's, and we only do it three times a year because it's so special. We did not want that brand, Storytellers, to become to become uh, a commodity. We wanted it to be special and real because the people standing up there giving their heart and soul to us as a community um, needed to be celebrated. Well, Bill, that, you have such an intriguing and interesting story, and we love your brand. It's a, it's a big staple here in the Charlotte community, and especially in South Park. And uh, we're very thankful for your time today, buddy. And, and we wish we could sit here and talk to you for hours because it, it is intriguing, and, and you are such a great guy and fun, and we love the story. So uh, tell us, though, in, in conclusion here, how, how, can, how can folks find you um, you know, how can they visit your store? Where, where are you located? That kind of thing. Well, and that's one thing that we try to focus on being special. So it's, uh, it is over in the South Park shopping district still to this day on the upstairs of the Sharon Corner shopping center. So that is right in the heart of the South Park shopping district, free, free elevator ride straight to the top of that mezzanine balcony at Jesse Brown's. <laughs> and you can head over to jessebrowns.com too. That's the way we are on the web. And you know all the fun social media sites, too. We are all over Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Jesse Brown CLT, because we are a Charlotte-based, celebrating retail store. Awesome. That is fantastic. Well, hey, you guys, have, hey, the holidays are coming up. If you have a gift, go see our buddy over at Jesse Brown's. He's got awesome stuff, and uh, we really do appreciate your time, buddy. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, Bill. Thank you.
been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.